2: Hey everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, sitting here with my co-host, perennial all-star, John Brazier. Well, thank you very much,
0: Tom. It was a great day today. Did how'd you, you like that? In,
2: how'd you like that introduction? A I, perennial All Star.
0: I, I like that. I don't know what All Star game you're talking about, or, or what, in life, what pal. sport or life? Just but life. thank you, I
2: appreciate you're that. You're an All Star in life. And it's only
0: because I'm wearing a UVA tie to celebrate the Virginia victory, <laughs> hey, which I'm still. Congratulations, in a glow. by the way. Our thank last
2: you. podcast, I picked Texas Tech and yeah, Virginia to go to the final four, and then I had Texas Tech win in that game.
0: Yep, I was. Uh, I'm glad I survived because I got to tell you. College basketball, if you really care about a team, right, and there's nothing more nerve-wracking in that one-and-done tournament, just the way it goes down. You get a hot shooter like Carson Edwards for Purdue, Mm. you you can't do anything about it, right? So there's there's skill involved, but it's luck. You know, it's not like best-of-seven NBA. So it was very uh, gratifying, especially the way I they won. I guess so.
2: And you did equate that team with the Villanova squads from the last few years and that it's a program that, you know, four. it's not a one-and-done, it's a four-and-done. Yep. And, done. and yep. uh, you know, good guys, good teamwork, just the way basketball should be played, right? I mean, the way they move the ball. The, these guys are so good, too, John. I mean, can you imagine just, just in the whole tournament there were some great games and just the clutch performances of these guys who, with everything on the line, can – can hit jump shots, your boy, or a guy three, three, hitting three the, uh, free throws the at the very three end. Free yep. throws, yeah, DeAndre
0: Hunter hitting the ball with 15 seconds, or hitting the uh, shot with 15 seconds left in the title game. I mean, it was yeah. unbelievable. But we're gonna have DeAndre Hunter at some point. Oh. he's from Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, he's from Friend Central. He's gonna throw out the first pitch. So. That could be after school, but we haven't set that date yet.
2: Well, what a great time of the year, by the way, especially being Philadelphia sports fans. First of all, you got the March Madness, and that leads right into Opening Day. Phillies baseball. The Phillies are back on TV. They're they're playing every day. You have you know the Sixers are in the playoffs. You know, Flyers got to get their act together next year. They the will. Masters. The Tiger Masters Woods. just happened last weekend. I mean, every we were having lunch the other day, John. And everybody was saying, you know, was you were watching lacrosse on Sunday. I'm like, well, how'd you get that in with the Masters? The Phillies, you know, going extra innings against the marlins i dvr'd the masters and so i'm watching that at like 9 30 i turned my cell phone off had no idea tiger had won but it's just such a great time kentucky derby coming up yeah you got the kentucky derby it's a great time of year to be a philadelphia sports fan and today john right we we just came from this great uh, announcement we i guess the cat was out of the bag that the 2026 all-star game will be held here in philadelphia but um, we made it official today in a grandiose fac- I gotta fashion. I got to tell you,
0: we you know a lot of credit to you know. I guess I'm going to pat the organization on the back because it deserves it. Because the Phillies do a phenomenal job. I was up in the um, there was I guess there's a little VIP area up on this rooftop at in the, the, vi- the visitor, at the visitor center. center. Yep. And I was next to Don Smolansky from the Eagles, and just it was and it was Larry Needle from um, you know the uh,
2: Philadelphia Sports Congress and right. the Visitors Convention yep. Bureau. Exactly yep. right,
0: and all the d- and you could just see the pride that mm. you know. because it's not just about the Phillies; it's Philadelphia. It's the All Star Game in the what is it? The semi quincentennial. I do not know. It's, it's not the
2: bicentennial. It's, it's what you just said. Two hundred fiftieth birthday. That's what yes. I say. It's a two hundred fiftieth birthday. And
0: it was just you know the, the fact that they shut down between mm. fourth and fifth and uh, market, and they had we had Bryce Harper and and um, we had Nola and we had McCutcheon, Uh, you had uh, Herrera and then you had former players you had Ryan Howard and you had Jimmy Rollins and you had a lot of the uh, Mike Schmidt and Greg Leszczynski was Ryan there actually? No, Ryan was on the video. Sorry, Dave Cash and Bob Boone, guys that played in the '76 and Ricky Patalico who played in the '96 All-Star game. So it was a had a video. you had the mayor, you had the governor, you had the Commissioner of Baseball. It was it was really spectacular. On a
2: beautiful spring day, Independence Hall in the back background. And some people say, well, why are you making the announcement? Why are you making a big deal of it? Because you know the word's already out. But I think it was kind of a show of commitment. Again, the city is going to be behind this. This I've gone to the last 22 All-Star games, John, and I've seen. The the difference that, and of course, we were both working here in 96. Um, but to see these cities come alive, some better than others, and of course, Philadelphia is going to get behind this like no other city, yep. and it's going to be uh, and, spectacular. And
0: it, one person that deserves a special kudos, Dave Montgomery. Yes. Uh, Chairman Dave Montgomery uh, is the guy who pushed it from the get go, and he didn't, didn't do it for himself, he didn't even do it for the Phillies organization. He re, he's a Philadelphian, and he truly did it for the fans. That the fans can experience because an all star game is just such a showcase on the city and on the fans of, of that team. And Dave Montgomery, uh, God bless him. I mean, just the, the fact that he pushed and pushed and uh, and then
2: the dreams coming true. But, John, here's the thing this ballpark's 15 years old, okay? So, when th- this ballpark was in the planning stages, MLB was already asking hey, uh, you know, they like to have all star games in new, new ballparks. Ballpark, yep. And David, uh, we think it was David from the from the outset, didn't want to do it at the beginning. He had the, the 2026 already on his radar, John, about 20 years ago. Right. So it's been a long, long time coming, and, and uh, I, I have a funny story about that. The owners had a meeting uh, some years ago, um, and the, the topic of the 2026 All-Star Game came up, and uh, somebody mentioned, you know, the All-Star Game, and uh, what year? 2026. Well, Claire Betts, one of our Long-time owners who st- recently uh, were passed away a few years ago uh she was in her 80s at the time you know and uh maybe even almost 90 and 2026 you know she's like you know uh, i don't know if i'm gonna last that long uh but you know just the fact that we're now wondering wh- who's gonna be around here in 2026 well, I, you know I, I hope but we're
0: still doing our podcast we're
2: still gonna be doing our podcast we know Bryce Harper will uh, be here. He'll still have another uh, eight years or so on right. his on his uh, deal, but uh, it is very exciting. We were pretty jazzed up about it today. It was a great event. So uh, well, very fired up, Tom, because you know who our guest is today. I know we got Crocker coming in. I think he's coming in. Uh, he's waiting outside right now. So and uh, he is in a beautiful mood. I was just over in the uh, in the room
0: there, and he's. I think he's. He's, he's always gonna, in a beautiful he's be firing
2: mood. Firing in all cylinders. Always in a beautiful mood. So uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with John Crock. You remember Jimmy Rollins' speed. You remember his smile. Now remember him as a Philly forever at the Coca-Cola Jimmy Rollins Retirement Night with a special pregame ceremony Saturday, May 4th against the Nationals. Order at phillies.com. Backstage and And we are back. Phillies Backstage, and John Kruk has joined us. Crocker, how you doing? Living the dream. Living the, the dream. dream. the dang dream. Well, uh, video Dan said you are channeling your inner Barry Melrose with your uh, hairstyle no. this week.
1: No, I'm not. <laughs> Aaron Nola. <laughs> your Aaron, Aaron Nola, Nola style He's going contemporary. We had, we had a nice chat about that this afternoon about hair, and eh. he want, he he said he wants to grow out and then get a mullet
2: and. So you got to grow it out first. Is that the well, uh, said technique? He,
1: no, he does.
2: Okay, right, right, right. He wants
1: a mullet. Yeah, I love and it. And I said, like, Charlie Blackman-ish, you know, with the shaved sides. And he goes, yeah, sort of, but maybe not that long.
0: Wow. That's the modern-day mullet.
2: Bring him back the
0: mullet. Well, I think, well, John, you got to get, like, Dave Hollins and other guys to bring the mullet back. Okay, right? you
2: tell him. <laughs> <laughs> he went the opposite way. He went, like, military-style crew He cut. always
0: had it. He yeah. never
2: had a mullet, did he? A little bit. I thought so, yeah, yeah a little he had bit. He mullet. He's had the
1: same Howie Longhair do for years and years and years.
2: Well, we are, uh, John and I were just talking about that event and announcing the 2026 All-Star Game. Do they do that in every city? I don't even know if they, uh, you know, have an event like that. I think
1: they do, but, you know, it's like uh, the commissioner said that they don't – they usually do it in chrono- chronological order, and this was a special event and a special time to announce it, so they wanted to announce that one before they did the 25 and the 24 game.
2: Yeah, well, but, we, we, uh, we were talking about how, uh, you know, how long this has been in the making, 20 years or so they knew 2026 they were targeting. But here's the question. What do you think you'll be doing in 2026?
1: <laughs> um. Well, it's funny you bring that up because we had a straw poll with me and Bull and, and Boa and uh, Charlie and Jimmy Rollins, and, and th- they seem to think unanimously that I'll be the one who's dead by that,
2: <laughs> no. by that one. There so. There's a dead pool going on already? There is. And, there is.
1: and I appreciated I, that. I appreciated the love. I felt it. I, almost, I really felt I almost, felt I almost
0: won that pool four years ago. <laughs> if you, you pick John Brazier. Yeah, you know? some,
1: some of us don't have any luck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I could add oh, a
2: different co-host.
0: So <laughs> I have a question for you, John. I don't even know if you know this, because Wikipedia oh, has never right but it said you signed as a number three special draft selection what the heck is a number three special draft selection means i was special (laughs) well we know that
1: (laughs) well i I didn't have a good grasp with the english language so i think that might have been it no uh back back then they had a january draft okay and i got drafted in january by the pirates uh there was only three rounds i got drafted in the third round of that thing i think uh and uh, so when this guy, it was actually Branch the III, hmm. came down close to where I grew up. And my dad and I, because I, I think I was only 17 maybe or something like that. But my dad went with me to meet with his. So it, it was funny because he said, he's, he, he didn't bring me anything about the Pirates. He brought me brochures of Bradenton, Florida. The beach, girls in bikinis. You know, We're going to send you down there and then we're going to send you home. And I'm like, wow, that's that's an enticing deal. Let's let's think about that for a second. And before I could say a word to him, my dad told him, "Mr. Ricky, with all due respect, you know what you can go do to yourself." But he didn't say, "You know what you can do." He said it. And so I was just sitting there. My dad got up and left, and I was sitting there with Branch Ricky the Third, and like he goes, "Well, what do you think?" I said, "You heard him." <laughs> and so we got in the car and we drove home. And uh, about. Probably about ten minutes to, to the to, to to his house. Not a word was said, and I said, you know, what happens now? They're like, What happens if I don't get drafted? And he said, I guess that's your problem now, is <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right.
2: Thanks, yeah. Dad. But it worked out. How uh, about that? And then you came here eventually after San Diego, of course. And John and I were just talking about the first time we met you. I know the first time I met you, you had just been traded, and you went on the caravan, the Phillies caravan. And it was funny. You had come over. You were... (laughs) We were talking about it at lunch with Video Dan. As a matter of fact, today talking about the change you can't in trust team. Him. I you know. cannot trust the, him. The change in team culture was interesting. You know, uh, yeah. you know, we had a pretty boring team before you and some others came along. And uh, Randy Reddy. yeah, <laughs> that's right. Randy Reddy was part of that trade for Chris James. As a matter of fact. Yeah. But, um, you know, but the first time I met you, you, we were on a bus together, and you were wearing a pink, like, IZOD shirt with the alligator on, and you had, your hair was, like, clean cut. Yeah. I'm like, this is John Crack. I thought he was like the, you know, John Belushi of baseball. <laughs> and uh, you were very quiet, very polite, and uh, it, then the wheels fell off, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, first impressions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I,
1: I was lost back then. I really, you know, being nice and haircut and all that stuff i, I was disappointed myself actually <laughs> you know not i like wearing pink shirts but i i mean i hope that's not one of you guys sponsors but no if it is no i i uh yeah I, I you know living in san diego for four years you know having tim flannery and greg nettles and those guys who were lived out there and you know full-time and they were my mentors so you know, the course, Steve Garvey. And, I mean, Steve Garvey's big into pastel. So, I went and got pastel <laughs> shirts. I wanted to be like everyone else. And, but I was – I ain't kidding you, man. I was so happy. To, I, and I love San Diego, the city, but I was so happy to get out of there. Uh, I, I, it just wasn't going to work. But, and Because but, me and Randy were a little different than what they had there. And, uh, and by that, I mean a lot different. Uh, but when we came here – I, I remember the first day walking in, I'm like, "My God, who died?" I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is right. brutal. Right. And I remember Tommy Herr walked up and he said, "He said, welcome to the club. Grab a bucket and start bailing." I'm like, well, "Was it that bad?" <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, it, and it was bad. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, we, you know, after some trades and stuff, it uh, it really became a fun team.
0: Well, the first time I met you was 1994 when I started. And had something to do with shirts, too, because you were give, you were passing out yeah. T-shirts to the phone center. What did that T-shirt say? Well, uh, are we allowed to talk like that? Yeah, you can talk like that.
1: What, is it the, the one? If,
0: I, I'm, if I'm not in the starting lineup. Yeah,
1: I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, th- let's talk about that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. well, th- what Thanks.
2: I'm saying John, is, John, Tom, that, you, Tom, you really have to The first time I meet How you. How often <laughs> do you have
1: to do this? <laughs> I know.
2: I'm waiting for his heart to give out, John. <laughs> but, you know, then I'll have a new. But a like, new do p-
1: you have to do this often with him? <laughs> once <Unfortunately>, a week. Unfortunately, <laughs> once a week.
0: Combat pay? <laughs> is that no, can you believe that? Oh he's going God. there. His first question well, to you, he goes there. The first time I met him was when he's basically passing out T-shirts. And I said, there's John Crook. Can I have a T-shirt? I gave one the letter, man. Did you?
1: Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I was on Letterman. I gave one to him. And uh, I still get people ask me about it, but I don't know where they are. <laughs> I don't even know
2: where I am I think am video Dan time. has one in his drawer at home. He wears it to bed every night. That, that
0: is a Letterman <laughs> appearance where you you traded, right? You, you said you someone wanted your number and you were going to trade a case Mitch. of beer. Mitch. To Mitch? Mitch Williams.
1: Yeah, Mitch came over. He was number 28. And. His first wife had all the number 28 jewelry and stuff, and he said, man, I can't buy her more jewelry. So you're going to have to give me number 28. Now, I, you know, I, I, Mitch and I came up through the Padres system together, so it's not like I didn't know him and he was a stranger. So we could talk to each other like that. And, uh, you know, and I, I know Ricky Henderson gave, I think it, was, it might have been Turner Ward or someone with the Blue Jays. But he gave him like twenty-five grand for wow for the number whatever Ricky's number oh, was. What was Ricky's number? I can't remember, but twenty-four. So he gave. I think it was like twenty-five grand or something. And, and Mitch goes, "What do you want for the number?" I'm like, I mean, off the top of my head, what was my favorite thing? Beer, <laughs> a couple <laughs> cases, a Bud, throwing a couple cheeseburgers. No, 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 d- just beer. no. no that, I could figure my way around that after a few. <laughs> what to what I wanted to eat, but uh, yeah. So the deal was made. I'm a great negotiator. <laughs> Bet the Phillies wish I was an agent.
0: Well, going back to San Diego, yeah, oh, I yeah, this, one of the great stories that you told me, and I think you've told some others, but um, you had some roommates from West Virginia yeah. when you were living in San Diego. They were from your hometown. Yeah. And then you went down to Mexico, right, to play in the Mexican League. Yeah. And you came back, and you, got a, you, you were greeted by the FBI?
1: Well, no. I, I, it was during the season the following year. And – You know, I was sitting in my locker, and these four guys in suits come in. I'm like, well, that's strange. What the hell do they want? And the one guy said, hey, can we talk to you? And I said, yeah, sit down. And he said, no, we need to talk to you. I said, well, this is where I talk to people. Sit down. (laughs) The guy puts a badge out. I'm like, ooh, shoot. Well, this can't be good. And then, you know, your first reaction is, what the hell did I do like I'm, I'm going back to like childhood like okay yeah I stole that pin flag and a cup and the gum from the store I'm like they they can't be coming at me for that that was a long time ago but uh, so they showed me some pictures and I, you know I told them. I said I doesn't look familiar to me but he always uh, he always wore this hat. And it said, American by birth, West Virginian by the grace of God. Well, it's in all the cameras, like the, you know, on the bank, the, the cameras, it, it, it was highlighted. I mean, it was easy to read, but I man, don't look familiar. I don't know who he is. And they're like, really? And I'm like, oh, crap. I go, how do I get out of this? And, uh, Yeah, it was him. But So it was two guys. That well, were- well, it was more the of one. the one. The other one went along a few times but right. the, the other of like the getaway driver well no he did it on a bike i mean it's you on know, a bike oh yeah he was he was a, he was this guy was like a six five probably 280 pounds of just physically fit they survivalist he can go out in the woods and live and uh, you know with a knife and not have to worry about a thing Uh and he was actually a sunday school teacher he had his own insurance company but you know, drugs got him. and huh. it. Uh, but, yeah, but, you know, after he got out, uh, he went to jail for a while. and He, he actually called me from jail. Uh, I think he spent 16 years in jail. But he called me from jail, apologized, whatever, hope it didn't ruin your career and all this stuff. And and I said, man, no problem. You know, it's scary. I just hope you get the help you need and whatever. And he, when he got out, he went to live down in uh, the central part of West Virginia at his sister's farm so he worked on a farm and then about four or five years later my nephew called me he said you're not going to believe who i met i said who he said his wife is now is you know this woman he met and i said where'd you meet her at he said she's the president of the bank i bank at i'm no like "No way! Like, Come on, like, wow
2: that's a that's fascinating <laughs> he, he was slipping her a love note but it well, wasn't a love note it was turnover well, I, uh, everything he, that's in the drawers
1: well you know after <laughs> like you know he 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 started robbing banks again and he ended up uh getting cornered by by the police and he ended up uh killing himself uh and she called me and she asked me because she said i i was floored by this he's such a nice man i mean he he reads shakespeare i mean he's he's like a genius uh but you know like i said the drugs got him man and mm-hmm. it just but she called me and she said that date he threatened her and her kids they were going to kill her oh, kids man. if she ever said anything and I mean, it was it was it was scary there for a year, in San Diego, because you know they 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 uh, from what I understand they caught him a mile from my house in San Diego with guns in his truck. Wow! Mm. And Did that affect your playing career? Because I mean, well, you, it's
0: had it affect you mentally? Right?
1: Well, I had a crappy year that year. I right. mean, mm. uh, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, the hardest part was I couldn't go back to my house in San Diego because the FBI said, you know, look, he's he's going to be looking for you because he thinks. He was told by some other people in our hometown that I was the one who called the FBI wow, on him, and man. I, I had no clue. I, I'm oblivious to a lot of things, uh, and I, I just, you know, because I've known him my whole life, and we've been friends for forever. I, I never even dreamt of something him doing something wrong because mm-hmm. he was always a stand-up, good guy hmm. in the community type guy. But, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was. It was brutal. I mean, I, I had to stay at a hotel mm. every night at home. Like my only reprieve was going on the road because I could stay in the team hotel and knew that there was uh, safe safety there. And uh, but I, you know I couldn't go back to my house. I'd go in the daytime and uh, mm. to get just to get clothes mm. and put them back in a suitcase and go go to a different hotel. I didn't ever want to. But some of my teammates were like, oh, you can come stay with me. And I said, no, nah, man, I'm not putting you all in the middle right. of this. Hmm. But it was funny because after I got out of the meeting with the FBI, Jack McKeon, the astute general manager of the San Diego Padres at the time, he calls me and he said, okay, I got you a room at the Betty Ford Clinic. I said, for what? <laughs> he said, the FBI comes in here. you got to be on drugs. I'm like, "Oh my I'm right. I said, I'll Take a blood test, but if you try to put me in there. The union's <laughs> going to be up your ass quicker than you think. Uh, and so that that my relationship with the Padres then was done. Right? Mm. And. Mm. So I, I couldn't wait to get here.
2: Yes, yeah, so and coming here was a big change in a lot in a lot of ways. I guess uh, leaving San Diego and then coming to Philly. I mean, whether it's weather, it's a bigger city, it's the scrutiny of the fans, you know, all that. And then you got this great team. And do you ever get tired talking about the '93 team, Crocker?
1: Well, no. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I stopped today at a gas station to get an energy drink, which is a bad vice. I gotta quit. Uh, you know, similar to my friendship with Dan Stevenson, I, I want to <laughs> gotta quit that. Quit that too. That could be harmful <laughs> to my health. But uh, you know, it was because you. I walked in, and and these guys were like, "Oh my gosh, can we take a picture?" And I'm thinking, I wonder who they think I am. Like first of all, and then they, you know, they said my name and whatever, and I, and I'm like, man, I, you know, you think about it. What? How many years has that been? Twenty three 24 25 whatever 25 last year yeah, yeah. So, 25 uh, yeah. years but the, you know and and these the the fans philly philly fans still remember you and that's you know i was talking to charlie about it today and charlie Manuel said the same thing he goes yeah he goes i no matter where i go people know who i am he said it i said it's very humbling uh to to have that but um you know, it, it's it it, but then you start thinking. But that that's what this city's about. Mm. They they love their sports people, and and they're. Let's put it this way: it makes you play. You have to play better here than you do anywhere else, mm. east of here or west of here.
0: All right, John. I don't know if it was that season or another season, but uh, you were told that you were going to have the day the next day off, and you <laughs> uh-huh. decide and you decided to play <laughs> wiffle ball. That's one of my favorite you, stories. You decided to uh, want to pitch wiffle ball. Tell tell yeah. us that story. <laughs>
1: Well, all the club, it was a night, it was a day game after night game. So after the night game, Fergosi had told me, you know, you're not playing, you know, go out and have some fun, whatever. So, you know, my fun was sitting in the clubhouse and drinking beer. And so the clubhouse guys, they had, uh, I think it was uh, Inky's locker, Pete Incavillia's locker was the strike zone. And so I I was watching them play and whatever. And the next thing you know, I like, I I used to love pitching wiffle ball. So I said, "Let me pitch." I think I pitched forty-five innings. <laughs> <laughs> my ass hurt so bad, my my hip and my from lifting your my leg, and my arm was killing me. I'm like, "What?" The? And I think we finished like seven in the morning, seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> nice.
2: And so I'm like, and you slept in the clubhouse that well, night, of course. Yeah, well, in Video's room. Work
1: was to come in- home. In- Video's yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 sanctuary that he keeps down there. Spotless hig filth, but uh, uh, so I, you know, I thought, well, all right, but you know, I can get through this game because I'm not playing. I probably get just prepared for one at bat, and I think it was West Chamberlain came in and said he hurt his toe. Fergosi you know, and he's like, he like, uh, hey, uh, I got you in the left today. <laughs> uh, west Wes Wes's, west's toes bothering. I'm like. Holy <laughs> crap. I think Schilling was pitching. I told him, I said, man, I said, you want to win this game? He goes, yeah. I said, you better not let him hit it to me. But if you do, it's a double, at least a double. But I can't see. And I think I ended up hitting a home run that day, too.
2: I think you had a good game, Yeah, Tucker. I think I, I, you did. I,
1: trust me, there was a lot of sleep after that day
2: game. man. <laughs> Well, you used to sleep in the clubhouse quite a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, when you had a day game, the next, because uh, you guys spent so much time in the clubhouse, yeah. and listen, I, as you know, I was fortunate enough to write a, a book, I co-authored a book about that team, we talked to all the players on the team, save a few, uh, and then even John and I on the podcast, right, John, we've had, last year, we had a bunch of guys from that team on, and uh, they all said it was the most fun they've ever had playing baseball, and I think it really equated to wins on the field, yes. and and we were talking about the fans, the fans picked up on it and just went yeah along for the party you know they just thought it was awesome as that
1: season went on i mean the fans just became more vocal and uh you know people hated coming here to play because the fans were were just i mean it was electric and you know i I, i've tried to tell a couple of these guys down here you know if they you know if they live up to their play up to their capabilities they're going to witness that the same thing as the you know the guys in 2007 2008 2009 you know, at Citizens Bank Park uh, with those great teams that they had. Uh, but it, once it started rolling, like, you know, I there was a lot of people in baseball that couldn't understand it. And I remember, I think the turning point to me was when we played the Cardinals. Yes. Spring training,
0: right? No, no, oh.
1: no, 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 no. Mother's like, Day. During the season Mother's Day. And – I think Tom Pagnazzi, the catcher for the Cardinals, said, well, once we sweep the Phillies in this series, oh. we won't hear from, hear from them again. Yes. And I think we swept them. Hmm. And, uh, you know, And Darren, I, I remember after the third game we swept them. It was a four-game series, I think. And then the next day was, I think, when Mariano hit the grand slam off Lee Smith. But yep. I remember Darren coming in after the third game we won. And he said, no no trash talking he said he said we're going to finish it on the field do not say anything about what Pagnazzi said or anything else so we kind of just you know took his cue and and uh you know we we let our play on the field dictate that series and dictate to the Cardinals that you know we weren't going away but you know we might not see you all again which is didn't you guys have a fight
0: against the Cardinals in spring training training? yeah Yeah, yeah, a
1: couple of them but uh, yeah uh yeah, that's what Dave Hollins gave the edict to the pitchers about. If I get hit again, someone better, so, you know, you better drill someone, or else I'm gonna kick your ass on the mound. <laughs> and uh, you know, he got hit. You know, Dave leaned into a lot, but it was a, I think it was an O2 curveball from Donovan Osborne, and you know, Dave just kind of let it hit his arm and didn't think anything. Oh well, Tommy Green's <laughs> pitching, and you know, look, everyone was scared of Dave. Uh, all our pitchers, D- including were, yourself no no i i like you know he was a padre he was in the padres organization too so i i used to go down and have to talk to their minor or padres minor leagues tony Gwynn and i used to go down and talk it was like uh, the yin and the yang or whatever it's called uh you know good cop bad cop tony tell him how great the organization is i tell him you're not going to play here you better play for other teams and tony would get upset with me for saying that but it was the truth uh but uh yeah, so Dave gave that eating. Well, you know, when Donovan Osborne comes up the next inning, Tommy smoked him. I mean <laughs> got him. And then it started and then Ricky charged him out, Ricky Jordan charged him out and then we hit someone else and they charged him out. It was like you don't see it in spring training that often, but like there was a couple, I think it was two two or three maybe bench cleared brawls that day.
2: That, that's what the amazing thing about that team was the intensity once you got between the white lines and there was that kind of intensity yeah. the way you guys would stay late at night and talk about the game yeah you'd have a few beverages but talking about the few. game and <laughs> just a few uh, I love the fact that they had a knockout a door out of Fregosi's office because the clubhouse guys wouldn't stay till usually they had to chain the clubhouse doors yeah. you know at night and they're like these guys are here till four o'clock in the morning we got like families to go home to yeah, and so they've cut out a door in Fergosi's office that would that would close behind the guys when they left but yeah. uh, but it but it was that kind of uh, intensity but then you had this other you think you were, guys were crazy just cuz you had to let off some steam or uh, cuz there was a lot of craziness uh, going on too yeah you
1: know i i, I honestly think that there was a, a few things that happened that, that brought that together. Is one we really cared for each other and two most of us didn't like our wives so, you know, it was it was like, you know, it wasn't like we were running around in bars and stuff. I mean, where where were you? I was at the ballpark.
2: Well, you, don't, be- you the- don't believe me? has twenty other guys. Cracker, the best one was when we played till four forty one in the morning, yeah. and you guys are all getting home again. You know, seven or eight. And Mariano Duncan said, "His wife said, oh, not again. That's it. I'm done with you. You're out, Galvez.' So, no, no, our game just ended. Right. <laughs> that was an interesting night. <laughs>
1: I remember Fergosi walking in the trainer's room, and me and Darren and Lenny were in there, and you know, having a beer. And Forgosi was like, uh, "That you're fine, you're fine, you're fine." We're like, "For what?" He said, "Drinking the day of a game." <laughs> right. <I'm>
2: like <laughs> you're drinking at seven in the morning, and you had a game I, that night. <laughs>
1: I, I I I think the worst I've ever felt was after we clinched against the Pirates, and I think it was the only game of the season that we got shut out because. Myself, Darren, Dave, Lenny, I mean, we were in no shape to perform a baseball game. For, for those, he us not to even dress. Right. Uh, I remember I walked out in the dugout, and I had shower shoes on and shorts. and I, I walked out of there and sat, and those lights hit my eyes. I'm like, oh,
0: my <laughs> God. I got to get out of here. All right, so another one which I love, and this is, these are all video Dan's favorite stories, is uh, you were in the All-Star game. And Dave Hollins was in the game. And as you know, Dave yeah. was what, known as Mikey, yeah. right? You guys called him Mikey? Yeah. So he had a special uh, game day preparation where he was uh, – would no yeah. one would bother him. Anyone that knew better wouldn't bother him. And Barry Bonds went up to you and <laughs> – <Yeah. laughs> tell, tell that story.
1: Well, you know, for what people think about Barry Bonds, Barry, Barry's a very outgoing uh, – you know, he, he's always been great to me. And I know, uh, you know, a lot of people – think he's arrogant and cocky but i mean when you're that good i guess you have that right but uh i always got along good with him so you know dave would sit in his locker and stare into his locker and with his bat and just twirl it and stare and you know we we knew not to mess with him he was in that state but you know barry went over hey dave how you doing And dave just gave him kind of a little look and Barry kept on going. he came come over. we goes, go, hey, man. He goes, what's up with Holland? I said, nothing, Barry. He's just really shy. You know, he's, he's really backwards and shy. But I said, I tell you what, you are one of his favorite players. And he idolizes you. I said, you, you should go go talk to him. Oh, my God. He walked over there. And I, David looked at him. He goes, get the F away from me. And, I, and so Barry walked over. And I said, oh, Barry, he's just messing with you, man. He's a jokester <laughs> you like that. He set him up. He's and a so Fergosi stopped him. Forgo- Barry, don't. He'll kill you. <laughs> <Really? laughs> Fergosi stopped him. I'm like, Jimmy, we might have to play them in the playoffs, man. Well, he threatened Greg Maddox, uh, yeah. right? In the well, casino, every, right? Every
2: Braves pitcher.
1: It just <laughs> right. so happened to Maddox. I think it was Maddox and, and Is that a fundraiser, I think. No, no, no. We were uh, uh, like when I was in AAA, Greg was in high school in Las Vegas. So he used to come out and come to games and whatever and you know they said he'd probably be a first round pick so it was neat you know at that young age to get to know someone like that but uh, we had a couple mutual friends that opened up a baseball academy in Las Vegas so they invited me and Greg out to uh to Las Vegas to do a clinic for him and so uh, you know Greg called me that that night and he said hey he said uh you know let's let's meet and to play some blackjack I said well I got Dave Hollins with me I called Dave and he said yeah I'll go out And uh, he said, I think it was Glavin. I think Glavin was with him. Glavin or or Avery. I can't remember which one. But, and so we all went. Now, just the four of us at the blackjack table, right? And Dave hasn't said a word. I mean, nothing. And Greg goes, Dave, you're all quiet over there. He goes, that's the year he hit Lenny and broke Lenny's arm in opening day. Right. And Dave looked at him. He said, if you ever hit one of us again. He said, "I swear on my life, I'll effing kill you." And then he looked at whoever, glad or other, goes, "And you too." <laughs> nice. And I. So the next morning, Greg picks me up to go to this camp, and he goes, "Hey," he said, well, "Highland serious?" I said, "Greg, I'm telling you that yes, he was dead serious, and, and you know, I, I think he would do it." So now, this is the fun part. You're talking about some of the greatest pitchers I've ever play, him, Glavin, uh, Smoltz, and them. So Leo Mazzoni, the pitching coach of Braves, was a very dear friend of mine since youth. And I used to go over to his house every Saturday and watch Notre Dame football with him. And when well, we were down in his, little, in his basement, he had a bar, and, you know, he had the picture of the four horsemen, Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, and Avery, you know, dressed in their cowboy gear and all that stuff, the four horsemen. And, and I looked, and I said, how did we beat those guys? Like, how did we beat you? he said it was the he goes it was the damnedest thing he said we go over our meeting before you know how to pitch you guys and he said you know dykstra you got to jam him dalton you got to jam him Hollins, you got to jam he said and our pitch like no nah, we're gonna we're gonna try to get him out of <laughs> way dave I'm, Hollins. yeah and he goes <laughs> he goes i i didn't understand it because we had some success pitching into these guys but they didn't want to pitch in and i then i told him the dave holland story and he just looked at me and he goes
2: Well, that answers that. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. It did work. And we beat Maddox in that last game (laughs) here. And And, and Dave Dave had a three-run home run. Big big home run. run. Exactly right. Look at that, John, huh? Now, you
0: also had a special relationship with uh, HK, right? Yes. Used to take uh, long limo rides, right? Yeah. Oh, man. To New York. Uh,
1: Nick, the driver, he'd always come down, Nick is waiting for us with beer and smokes. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we would, and it, it got something, it got heated, because he would talk about a player, and I'm like, oh, that guy's a piece of crap, whatever, and Harry, oh, I love that guy, and we'd argue. Well, Harry loved everybody. He did, but we argued, and and one day, we almost got into it. As Soon as we got out of the thing, in the limo in front of the hotel, I mean, we almost got into it, like a fist fight, and I'm like, my God, it's Harry Callis. What What? What kind of an idiot? It's like getting Dale Mur- Murphy upset with you, Tony <laughs> Gwynn upset with you, and Harry Callis. I mean, you know, what's next, God? You know, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it was uh, – I, I treasured those trips to New York, just sitting in a cab with him and him telling stories about, you know, what is his 40, 30, 40 years in baseball. It's mm-hmm. Just to sit and listen to those stories – uh, and letting him talk in the way, you know, his voice. Like, you're, you, know, you you close your eyes, you think you're watching a documentary because you can vividly picture what he's talking about mm. just by the way he described it.
2: And a fun guy to hang around, Ooh. right, Crocker? <laughs> yeah, we, we we, we, did some damage
1: to our liver back then. <laughs>
2: uh, just one question because John's uh, chomping at the bit to give you his quiz. But uh, one other question about the current team. Um, yeah. And it relates back to your Wall of Fame induction, okay? This is going back, I think, 2011 maybe I think you were inducted. You had the greatest speech, and you said, you know, for those players who didn't choose to come to Philly – for those of the ones that you know, took some shots at the organization on their way out, that happened a couple times. You said you didn't have the guts to play here. And I was like, yeah, Crocker, that's my man. What do you think of – what's that say about Bryce Harper in that he chose to play here?
1: Yeah, well, not only did he choose to play here, he didn't want an opt-out. Like so many of these guys now are getting these 10, 10-year deals, but they get an opt-out after four or whatever. And, you know, Bryce told the Phillies, I don't want it because I want to end my career – wherever I sign and I wanna end it now in Philly. I I you know, I, I always respected Bryce as a player, but I mean that I respect him now more not only a player but as a man for to, to you know to let the fans of Philadelphia know I'm not going anywhere, I'm gonna be here for the duration and you do you know, remember when Arod signed a ten year deal but he had a opt out and then he signed another ten year right. deal and you know, filed for free was gonna file for free agency, I don't know, he might even have filed for free agency. I, that you know look that was his right that's what was negotiated uh but to have a guy say you know what i don't want the opt-out i want to be here uh it just speaks volume for what this organization is about what what john middleton now means to this organization that uh and you know and matt Clentak and all those front office guys that uh, you know they put together a really good team and you know as soon as the pitching starts getting back to where it was last year uh yeah, they should. They should go get on a roll and and hopefully run away with this division. But man, it's tough.
0: And I and mean, mm. Bryce has hit all the right buttons from a PR point of view. Mm. I mean, mm. I don't even. I just think it's natural to him. But when he said to me, as a as a native Philadelphian, he said, uh, "I want my kids to ra- be raised as Philadelphians." Yeah, yeah. To me, I don't. They're going to sure be able Tom, to say we're from Philly. We're from Philly, yeah, and that yeah, just to cool. me, I was like, wow. You know, because yeah. we're so used to people, yeah. you know, saying that we're a tough town and this and that. So <laughs> awesome.
2: Well, all right, all those, we ready? Those
0: Tom? people were. Well, you know what? What?
2: Ah, oh, geez. All right. It's a John, tradition here. It's a tradition. Phillies backstage, that, John. That I. Fasten your seatbelt. I give a quiz. John has nothing else to do in the office, so basically he sits at his right. computer and comes up with well, these I quizzes. Know he <laughs> don't work.
0: I, I give a, I give a <laughs> quiz, <laughs> and I, mean, I, d- I don't
2: do nothing. <laughs> no, I just
1: mean, look lot talking. <laughs> yeah, can we just can we just talk? And yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> look right. at him. Look at him all over right, go there. Go ahead. All break. right. So
0: this is an eight question quiz. Now this is all that's right up your alley, so you should know. You eight questions. Eight questions, but they're they're but they're multiple choice. So you have that going for you. Farewell
2: on that either. All right.
0: So here's what we did, Tom. How many does he have to get? You think five out of eight? would be
2: good. I think he's got to get six out of six eight. Six out of eight. To, to win the Philly Fanatic Hooded Towel that's being given away this Sunday at the Philly Fanatic birthday party to None. kids 14 and under. Well, of course, Citizens Bank is a great sponsor. Hey, my daughter's only towel.
1: 14. She could use one. Perfect. First
0: of all, it's not this Sunday. And second of oh. all, it's Citizens Bank. <laughs> <laughs> what I said? You didn't say Citizens Bank. I said
2: Citizens Bank is our sponsor. Well, I'm going to say it again. But it's right. not this Sunday. You're right about did, that. Did you stop at a bar before
0: this? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. All right. Are you ready? You got your we thinking cap on. What band this is the first question. Again, you have to get six out of eight according to Tom Burgoyne. Yeah. Right. What band did not write a song about West Virginia? Was it John A, John Denver, B, Kathy Mattea, C, the Eagles, D, Willie Nelson? John Denver, Kathy Mattea, the Eagles, Willie Nelson. What band did not write a song about West Virginia?
1: Well if you say Kathy Mattea, you're wrong because I was with her and she sang a bunch of songs from West Virginia. Yeah, so that that's
0: why she's take her out. Yeah. John Loves, Denver, of course. Yeah, of course. So it co- co- comes down to Willie Nelson I'd or say, the Eagles? I'd say Willie Nelson. No, Willie Nelson wrote a song called West Virginia Man. The Eagles never wrote a yeah, song.
2: Eagles were a Southern California band. In yeah, yeah. West Virginia probably off all their right. radar. Well, mean, I, I, right. I, do
0: I have that much time to go through what? all this stuff <laughs> in my head? What, what, all right, here's the second question. <laughs> what famous person is not from West Virginia? Okay. Meatloaf, Don Knotts, George Brett, Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> Meatloaf, <laughs> me, you're right. Meatloaf wow, it's dang. Nuts. Yes, yeah. that's uh, very hey, good. Like, hey, George
1: reminds me all the time. He said, "Look, I don't care what you did. I'm still the greatest player to ever come out of West Virginia." I said, "Yeah, no kidding." <laughs> all right,
0: which song? You're a close second, Cracker. I know you're a country music fan. Yeah. Which song is not a Sawyer Brown song? Okay, yeah. A. Step that step. B. A pickup line and a pickup truck. C. Some girls do. D. Thank God for you.
1: Uh, the second one.
0: <laughs> I wrote that song myself. A pickup line in a pickup truck. Yes. Yeah. So you're now two for three. I was three. in. I
1: think I was in one of those songs video.
0: <laughs> and it's right. I oh, saw yeah. that. Well, no, at least the, if you believe Wikipedia. The, the but now you're telling me the truth. No,
1: but the the, the girl on there. What did, did you she, do in the video? Well, I threw a girl off a bike. Uh, <laughs> but she was she was trying to get discovered, and I was just there with my buddies doing what they asked
2: me to do. What did she do to deserve to get thrown she, off a bike?
1: She, You know, she's asking, like, what's my inspiration? I'm like, you're walking off a frickin' porch <laughs> to the car. That's your inspiration. Quickly, so we can get this over with.
0: <laughs> All right, question number four. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, how much did the largest cheeseburger weigh? Uh, was it A, 5,000 pounds, B, 900 pounds, C, 1,500 pounds, or D, 2,014 pounds? I'll give you that one. You don't read the Guinness I'll, I'll Book of Worlds record give, book every to g- I'm going to give you that one. I'd say 2,000-something You are right. exactly That's right. It one. was 2014. All right, these <laughs> get a little easier. The last four get a little easier. Yeah, I bet. In 1987, opening day at Jack Murphy Stadium, uh-huh. you, Tony Gwynn, and Marvell Wynn went back to back to back in the first inning against the Giants. Steve Garvey almost hit one to make it four in a row. Hmm. Right. Yep. Who was the pitcher on the mound? Was it Dave Dravecki, Mike Kruko, Roger Mason, or Mark Davis? Dave Drijverky, Mike Kruko, Roger yeah, Mason, or Mark Davis?
1: Because Drijverky was on my te- on our on the Padres then. Uh. It was uh, former teammate Roger Mason.
0: Roger Mason is correct. Hey, Look at
1: nice that. Job. He had one of the greatest lines ever after that game because they ended up beating us like thirteen to three or something like that. Uh, and he said, thank God I'm not a four-pitch pitcher because Marvell hit a fastball, Tony hit a slider, I hit a split finger. And he said, thank God I'm not a four-pitch pitcher.
0: <laughs> All right. You are a UNC basketball fan, right? Because yeah. uh, which of these UNC basketball players does not have their number retired? One of these does not have their number retired from UNC. A, Tyler Hansbrough, B, Ty Lawson. C, Phil Ford. D, James Worthy. Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, Phil Ford. I'd James say Werther. Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson yes. is correct. correct. He's on a roll. Yep. Has he qualified yet, Tom? Not yet. Not he yet. needs to
2: get. Uh, he needs to get one of the next two oh, to right. get the towel. I think you'll get these. Uh, number seven. Who had the
0: most stolen bases in their career? A. Greg Luzinski. B. Dave Hollins. C. Dutch. D. Yourself. In his career, the most stolen bases. A. Greg Luzinski. B. Dave Hollins. C. Dutch. D. I'd say John Dutch. Krug. I'd say Dutch. No, it's yourself. John Cruck uh, is the answer. John Kruk, you had you had fifty-eight. Man, there's some slow <laughs> S.O.B.s out there, <laughs> you, man. You had fifty-eight. Darren had fifty. Dave Hollins had forty-seven, and Bull had thirty-seven.
1: Huh? Sneak. Right. Wait, we snuck up on him though.
2: All Delayed right. Last deal. <laughs> <sneaking> off first. <laughs> last question. You got to get this for the towel.
0: Which TV show slash movie or movie, I should say, did you not appear in? Okay. Family Guy, Saved by the Bell, The Fan. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So Family Guy, Saved by the Bell, <laughs> yeah, The Fan, and Aqua right. Teen Hunger Force.
1: <laughs> Aqua Teen Hunger Force, for The Fan, and what was the other one?
0: <laughs> F- family Guy or
2: Saved by the family
1: Bell? Family Guy. Now, pick one. I mean, come on. Common sense tells you that. <laughs> what the hell would Saved <laughs> by the Bell want me for?
2: <laughs> Bang for the towel. <laughs> really. we got a winner. Although I did watch that show. (laughs)
1: It was all because that Paul Michael, Michael Paul Gossier, whatever his name is. I actually got to meet him. A nice guy. A nice guy.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we got to run here, Crocker. So, uh thank you for being our guest on Philly's yep. backstage. Rob Brooks, thanks for uh, pushing all the right buttons back there. Video, Video Dan Dan's, for filming. Yeah, Video Dan was filming today. Is so, this shirt, uh, too tight. for this Give me your
0: opinion. Is this shirt too tight? Not at all. I
2: like that shirt it's actually. A European medium. Did you get that in Clearwater? No,
1: they gave it to me to wear and I they, they're
0: That's a broadcaster? Extra, one? Yeah, they're extra oh. large, but I think they're too tight. No. It looks
1: like a like a spandex you on gun- it. your
0: guns are showing right there. I know I don't like that. The
1: guns, uh, you know, just you know, people then want to talk and you know, <laughs> what are you doing? Are you taking
2: steroids now? How come you didn't look like that when you played, you fat bastard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you,
0: know.
2: you and Tommy Green. Uh, all right, <laughs> we're gonna call it quits, uh, John. Thanks <laughs> nice again. Yeah, forever. <laughs> I might need a new partner after this. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you at the ballpark
1: next day